Good morning, baby gamers. This is Breaking the Lore. A show where two girlfriends dig deep. To find the weirdest and most obscure bits of trivia. I'm Nissa's girlfriend, Sarah. And I'm Sarah's girlfriend, Nissa. So buckle up, because tonight's episode is... I know what we're going to do today. Breaking the Lore, Phineas and Ferb. Um, okay, so Phineas and Ferb is something that has been very uh, important to me. I think that's understating it. Phineas and Ferb, the Phineas and Ferb wiki, which we're going to be referencing heavily during this episode, was actually my very first online community. <laughs> um, and in it, I made many lifelong friends that I'm still in contact with to this day. And some lifelong enemies. Yeah. We don't have to talk about them. I wasn't planning on it. Let's not. But enough about me how do you feel about this show me that's the entire spear you're gonna give on the phineas and ferb wiki your backstory that you did for years and years that's responsible for us running into the person who produces this show okay yes i so i started on the phineas and ferb wiki when i was 12 um Eventually, when I was, like, 15, I kind of stopped being a part of it because there was a war to get me banned as a chat mod. We don't have to get into that whole debacle, but it's a story. Um, But yeah. Do a mini episode on it. Maybe for our Patreon, yeah. Um, Sign up for our Patreon for that story. Yeah, if you want to hear that story. Oh, it might go on there someday. Um, but yeah, um, I met a close friend of mine, Dylan the Dude, producer, owner of the Dude Media Network, that on which this show is, so he's our executive producer. Um, I met him through the Phineas and Ferb Wiki IRC chat, and the rest is um, history. <laughs> we don't have to talk sound, about my relationship with Phineas and Ferb anymore. We can talk you about You sound yours. very downcast. You sound like you're not really enjoying <laughs> talking about it. I'm a little embarrassed. Why are you so embarrassed, Goldie? Because, <sighs> I don't know, it, it, admitting that you spent your formative years editing a, the Phineas and Ferb wiki doesn't make me sound cool. Are you going to tell him about your Perry cosplay? I wasn't, but okay. <laughs> I created a replica of Candace's mom suit from Phineas and Ferb. And I wore it to San Diego Comic-Con in 2010 and got an autograph. Mommy Sarah. Yeah, yeah, I, I, was, I was 13, but yes. Oh, well, I take that joke back. <laughs> um... Didn't know what age you were when you did that. I, I just said 2010. I can't do math. You can subtract 10. It's a known fact that I'm stupid and I can't think you count. can subtract 10. I'm really dumb. Okay, okay. Anyway, I got it autographed. It's still sitting in my closet. Um, Isn't it missing an eye? It's The suit itself is in disrepair. The autographs are fine. It's, it's all stuff that's very easy to fix up. I just haven't put in the time or effort to do it. Plus your cool autograph poster. I do. I also have a poster from the same day for uh, Summer Belongs to You because that was coming out just around the corner at the time. 
So that's also autographed by uh, Dan Pavenmeyer, Swampy Marsh, uh, Vincent Martella, and Kelly Who. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously we're posting pictures of that cosplay on our um, Twitter. I'll post a picture of myself from when it was in its prime in 2010 of me standing next to Vincent Martella, voice of Phineas, and current Phineas and Ferb shit poster. Can you post it? Can you post the one where it's in your closet, too? Yeah, I'll post what it looks like now. Yeah, it's like a, it's a, it's, a, it's like those, like, wh- you won't believe where those celebrities are now. You won't believe where Sarah's <laughs> mom suit Perry cosplay is now. A couple years ago, I actually spotted myself in a Tumblr post that was a photo set of bad Phineas and Ferb costumes. Oh, I think it was good. <laughs> it was the best out of all of those, I'll, I'll say that much. And I built it when I was 12, so what do you expect? Oh, you were so young, baby. My mom helped a little, but it was all my my uh, construction. Like, come on. I believe it. Okay, <laughs> my my mom handled the spray paint and like the cutting of the holes because she didn't trust me with sharp objects. But it was all my idea. I designed it. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. Um. So I want to talk about your relationship with Phineas and Ferb because we've talked about mine for five and a half minutes. Because yours is more interesting. I don't have a strong relationship with Phineas and Ferb. Certainly not the strong relationship that you have with Phineas and Ferb. Um, I remember I watched the first episode when it aired. Um, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I think my mom liked it too. Um, I think she was kind of a fan of it. Um, I know... Because then, didn't when, when it first aired, didn't they, like, have, like, a new episode every night for, like, a little bit? Um, yes, that was uh, the official premiere, but the first time it aired was actually right after High School Musical 2. Well, I remember that, but I mean, I guess both. I've watched it both. I watched mm. it after High School Musical 2, because I was, of course, watching the High School Musical movies when they aired. <laughs> and I watched it when it, like, aired proper. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, like... Uh, Ferbuary is what they called it. <laughs> they aired a new episode every night for the first like two weeks. Yeah, I remember that, and I remember I was like really into, um, really into watching it. Me and too. I got I got into it at that time. Like I was like I watched a few episodes. I was like this show's pretty cool. I tried to watch every episode that was like new episode every night. Um, I remember once like I like had to like. I think I had to go to a hockey game or something with my dad because he used to like take me to college hockey games sometimes at his old Aww. school. That's nice. And, yeah, it is kind of nice. I'd go again if not for COVID. Um, now I'm a little sad. Anyway, um, but yeah, at the time I was like annoyed because I was missing the episode and I <laughs> like had to find it online and like trying to find things online at that age in that year was. I'm gonna be honest here, like. Phineas and Ferb was surprisingly one of the easiest to find online out of everything. Because, like, we didn't have, you know, streaming services in 2008. And obviously, we didn't have, like, Kim Cartoon or anything. We had, like, some shady websites. But for the most part, you would find it on YouTube. And there was somebody, uh, Barlow Girl, who uploaded Phineas and Ferb episodes day of on YouTube. And it was in good quality, too. And that was, like amazing whenever i missed an episode i knew i would find it very easily nice um 
But yeah, I mean, I watched it. Yeah, I watched it during the initial thing. And then I watched it like sort of on and off. Like when I caught an episode, I caught an episode. <laughs> um, when I missed it, it wasn't like any big thing. Oh. Um, I didn't like strongly keep up with it or anything. Um, my mom continued to like it. <laughs> and then it's sort of like, I kind of forgot it was airing for a while. Um, I think a lot of people did. For its last like two seasons, it yeah, wasn't, it it wasn't really the cultural phenomenon that it was. Like it was still really popular, getting a lot of merchandise, but I don't feel like its later episodes were nearly as iconic. Yeah, I honestly don't think I've even seen most of the later episodes because we were talking about before when we were researching this episode before we started filming um, or recording. I guess we were talking about like when Vanessa dates major monogram's son and i was like i think i was vaguely aware of that but i definitely never saw a single episode where it happened in i don't think i even saw a single episode with major monogram's son in it um and i definitely didn't see some of the more like infamous episodes i guess that we're going to be discussing like <laughs> act your age i've never seen it i've just seen pictures and read about it um i'll make you watch act your age i don't want to watch act your age you have to understand my pain fine we can watch act your age okay um but i've seen like there are definitely some episodes that are really strong in my memory like i remember the like frankenstein perry episode really well Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. the one where phineas makes a haunted house i remember really strongly um the star-nosed mole getting the band back together fossils dun 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 (laughs) um the one the one where like heinz is on a date and he has cucumber water he doesn't like cucumber water and i think that's the bigfoot episode if i remember correctly yeah um, this is all kind of a rambling tangent now my story's gone on for five minutes even though it's nowhere near as interesting as yours um but yeah it basically sort of fell off the map for me after a point and it sort of got relegated to like hey we liked that show and like if there was an episode on we'd watch it if we caught it and um I remember, like, the only time it was mentioned for, like, a couple of years was there was this episode of Psych where, like, someone was like, you haven't done anything today. And he was like, no, I had a snack. I had a snack, took a nap, and watched Phineas and Ferb. And we would just, like, quote that line, even though we hadn't (laughs) watched Phineas and Ferb in, like, two or three years. Psych made a lot of Phineas and Ferb references. Did it? I only remember the one. Oh, no, there were a lot. Actually, I think I can maybe find that as our first thing all right i'm cool to start with that i mean i don't really have much else i mean i guess after i started dating you almost a year ago i guess phineas and ferb sort of it was the first time i thought about phineas and ferb in a while because i just hadn't but um i wanna i wanna watch it again i wanna watch some of my old favorite episodes and maybe watch some of the ones i missed and unfortunately, like actor age and stuff too. There was um, there was an episode of Psych where uh, where Sean tells a character played by Malcolm McDowell that he learned his br- fake British accent from Phineas and Ferb's grandpa, who Malcolm McDowell oh, played. I do remember that, <laughs> but I didn't remember that Malcolm McDowell played him. <laughs> um, there's also an episode of Psych where uh, Sean mentions that he's missing a Phineas and Ferb marathon. And uh, laughs about Perry the platypus being a real platypus. 
<laughs> That's very him. And then the one you already mentioned. Those are the three psych uh, Phineas and Ferb references. Okay, so I mean, yeah, Sean was canonically a Phineas and Ferb fan. He was a pretty big one. Just like while I'm here, there there was an episode of Shark Tank featuring Doctor Doofenshmirtz. Oh, I remember that. Uh, um, that's kind of <laughs> the most interesting uh, reference I can think of. Otherwise, um, except that Phineas and Ferb hosted the Little League World Series in 2010 and 2011. They did? Yeah. I didn't know about that. They did. Oh, I feel like you mentioned it to me, but I didn't uh, I probably remember. did, and they also, um, they did record a song for the Dodger Stadium Code of Conduct. Okay, no, you definitely have told me this before, because I think you sang me that song, and I was like, what the fuck is this <laughs> and it's a good song do a few bars hey we're here to sing the rules of etiquette so all you dodger fans at dodger stadium will not forget <laughs> um so i think the first thing that we can really talk about um i feel like this is common knowledge now but i want to say it anyway because it has never stopped being funny to me and that's the Ferbs? Full name is Ferbs. Ferbs. On his article on the Phineas and Ferb wiki, he is referred to as Ferbs Ferb Fletcher. <laughs> it's really good. See, the funny thing is I think your like social sphere is like kind of influenced by the fact that you like immerse yourself in Phineas and Ferb and really only talk to people who were immersed in Phineas and Ferb because I had no idea his name was Ferbs and I'm willing to bet that like a decent amount of our listeners are going to be like everyone knows this I'm willing to bet that a decent amount of our listeners come from my social circle <laughs> so that's fair jokes on you well I didn't know his name was Ferbs I mean yeah like normies don't know that but how many of those people are going to be listening to breaking the law that's fair hopefully people will like listen to it and go back to the previous episodes oh i sure hope so it'd be nice if people cared <laughs> i'm sure they do thank you all for listening by thank the way thank you all for listening i appreciate every single one of you <laughs> you guys are great um <laughs> It was it was a really funny thing to like l when we learned his name was Ferbs, because like Dan Pavenmeyer made this like cryptic tweet about how we had already heard Ferbs's full name in the show, so everyone went through like every episode and started making tweets at at him, being like, "Is it this time they called him like Ferbooch or whatever?" All the different <laughs> times that any of Ferb like Ferb was referred to as anything else, like a nickname, and no, it was a. Uh, it was in Act Your Age, the worst episode of the series, when Vanessa picks him up and calls him Ferbs. <laughs> it was, his name was Ferbs the whole time. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Ferbs is an awful name. It's an awful name. Like, I'd be willing to believe he was, like, I don't know, Ferdinand or, like, Ferbert. Ferbert. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to think of more names that like Ferb could come from, and Ferbert was what I have. <laughs> Ferbert. Even Ferdinand doesn't really work because no. it's, a, it's a D, not a. That'd D. be Ferd. Ferdy. Ferdy. 
Just like Daisy. I am Ferbs Von Eyer. Ferbs Von Eyer. <laughs> so moving forward from Ferbs and Von Eyer, um, when I was looking through this, because I don't know, like, again, a lot of the really obscure stuff. Jeremy's really weird. Jeremy's super weird. Like, I just remember him being a kind of, like, generic boyfriend character for Candace. That's all he is. He just kind of exists to, like, be who she fawns over, and, um... His wiki article describes his catchphrase at, his catchphrases as, hey, and cool. Yeah, I mean, that really just sums it up. Like, he doesn't... He doesn't, doesn't really have much of a, yeah. anything going on. But... Then I was looking at his trivia section. He still has all of his baby teeth? And like not even not even like he like has them like in a like little case or something cuz he's weird. Like he has them in his mouth. He never lost them. There's a very terrifying picture of him like lifting up his lips to show his gums and there's just more teeth there. And I mean, I'm not a dentist, but like, I don't think that's how it would work. Like, I don't think that your baby teeth could like recede up to like your gums and like be visible as like a second layer of teeth above your adult teeth. No, those are his adult teeth. He never lost his baby teeth. His baby teeth are on the bottom. Those are the ones he chews with. Then why are his baby teeth so huge and his adult teeth so small? Oh. I think you're wrong. I think his, like, baby teeth, like, went up into his gums, <laughs> and his adult teeth are hanging down there. That's, uh, it's just, and, like, imagining, like, chewing and eating like that, too, <laughs> with, like, a second layer of gum teeth. It's terrible. Or, like, like, I don't want to think about Phineas and Ferb characters, like, doing things beyond hand-holding or hugging, but, like, kissing with tongue could you imagine like doing that and like you find that like other layer of teeth or like you feel that other layer of teeth like candace goes to make out with him for the first time and that's what happens i'm sorry for that horrible image but i really don't like his second set of teeth i mean i think a lot of jeremy's like bland characterization yet like simultaneously absurd traits come from him not actually supposed to even be a character yeah like originally he was just gonna be like mentioned they weren't gonna make a real character out of him oh so he was gonna be a kind of unseen like candace yeah. would talk about him a lot but like he wouldn't really ever so we could just imagine like like maris yeah, yeah. like maris from fraser i was trying to think of maris and i couldn't think of her before you did <laughs> But yeah, it, it seems like they, like, didn't want to move on from that, so they were just like, let's occasionally give him, like, one or two extra things. Like, let's see. Looking through his trivia, he, he likes gelatin. That's his favorite dessert. I remember that that was a Jello Monster <laughs> episode. Yeah, he carries a drain unclogger around with him everywhere. Who doesn't? He thinks Candace's flatulence sounds cute. See, that's really weird. Also, looking down at this, I guess Jeremy and Candace get married and have kids, which, to bring this back full circle, begs the question, is his, like, baby teeth thing a genetic thing? Do, like, mm. Candace and Jeremy's kids also have, like, weird shark tooth layers? <gasps> like... I really, really 
I hope not. Me too. Jeremy is an interesting character. More like a compilation of Mad Libs traits than a character, but... <laughs> that's how Slushy Dog is spelled? Yeah. Why is it spelled with a W and an A? Because it's not real hot dogs. <laughs> is that really what it is? No, I made that up. Oh. I just, I always thought it was spelled like slushy, like I-E, the way that slushy is typically spelled, and then dog is in uh-huh. D-O-G. It's spelled slushy with a wide dog? Yeah. <gasps> I don't understand. Also, like, I guess it's probably the point, but slushy dog and slushy burger are horrible names for a <laughs> food place. Yeah, they are. I don't want to eat anything from there. But slushy dogs never get any better. <laughs> That's their slogan. Slushy dogs will never get any better. <laughs> it's supposed to mean that they're perfect. Is it? <clears throat> no. It's a horrible, horrible restaurant chain. I mean, I'm more concerned about how Jeremy is working at all these different locations. Like... Well, there's a, there's an exchange program that allows employees to work at several different locations, which I assume extends to both restaurants. But... Because he, he almost never works at the same location. Sometimes he's at the mall. Sometimes he's at the standalone one. Sometimes he's out in the fucking woods. And sometimes he's at... Isn't, isn't there one at, like, Mount Rushmore, too? Yeah, he, there's one at Mount Rushmore. There's one inside the museum. Like... If anything's the running gag, it's that Jeremy doesn't have a stable work environment. No, okay. What I think it is is that it's a it's a really terrible system, but all of the slushy employees log in every morning to see which location they're supposed to report to. I'm going to call the Better Business Bureau. <laughs> it's like a substitute teacher's situation. <laughs> I'm calling. I don't I don't even know who. Like OSHA, the Better Business Bureau, like I don't know who I'm supposed to call on this, but like I'm calling someone because the conditions that they have Mr. Sushi Burger workers under are not safe. It's not good. Like, you can't really you not. can't have them log in and be like, oh, your commute today is like five hours to Mount Rushmore. Good luck getting there on time. So, here's something that's uh, always been funny to me that I don't feel like most people are aware of, even like hardcore fans. And this is that, um... There was a promotion with Listerine where you could buy a bottle of Phineas Ferb branded mouthwash and you'd get a download code to download two free songs, one of which was a song from the show. The other was a completely original song, which was Phineas singing about brushing your teeth. Yeah. Yeah. Can you sing a few bars of the Brushing Your Teeth song? Brush, brush, no need to rush, rush, just take your time. Up and down and side to side, both front and back, back, keeps away flack. Take care of your teeth, and they'll always be a wonderful sight. A true classic. <laughs> it's a shame they didn't release that in the, in the actual show. <laughs> Maybe There were a lot of, like, songs that weren't in the show 
Listen, they should have just had a dental hygiene episode. Ferb, I know what we're going to do today. We're going to be dentists. And then that they can also bring back Jeremy's weird teeth in that episode. Like, (laughs) could have been a real classic. I mean, there are rumors. There are rumors of like a full-on Phineas and Ferb revival, like a season five. Do you want that? No. Why not? Do you want to get into this right now? We don't have to get into it, but if you can succinctly explain why you don't want another Phineas and Ferb, it did come out. Short answer. It ran its course. It's over. Let it die. Um, fourth season had some good, but also some bad, and it just kind of um, felt like they were running out of ideas to begin with. Um, then Milo Murphy's Law came around, and they ruined season two by shoving Phineas and Ferb characters into it and it just kind of feels like Phineas and Ferb is it just should be done and we should just let it go but it's kind of gotten this big huge like meme resurgence because like now um the people that grew up on it are now like young adults memeing about it and it's everywhere so I've feel like Disney might give us another season on Disney Plus. <laughs> Although, I mean, I guess also if there was a fifth season, like how long is this summer? Like, oh, we're is well still... over 104 days. I was going to say, is there still even like room within one summer for all of this to fit in and another season? Well, that's a hotly debated topic. Now, tell me about it. Could Phineas and Ferb have taken place over the course of one summer, or was it two summers? Okay. Now, here's the thing. Uh, the Phineas and Ferb TV series contains two completely separate Halloween episodes taking place on two separate Halloweens. Confirmed to be two separate Halloweens. They are doing different stuff. They're all wearing different costumes. I don't see why... And like they're both at night? Yeah, they're both at night. I don't okay, see why yeah. Phineas and Ferb would go trick-or-treating and then change costumes to throw a party. Or why Doofenshmirtz would become a were-cow and then go hunt for his great-aunt's lost treasure. You know? That's fair. You can't really fit all of that into one night. No. So, there were two Halloweens. Um, there was obviously a Christmas episode... And the Christmas episode is later referenced in the movie, which takes place during summer. So obviously it had to happen first, but it couldn't have if it was in Christmas and there was only one summer. Wait, why can't the Christmas episode have occurred before the rest of the series? <laughs> I, I don't know. I haven't seen it in years. It's a genuine question. <laughs> like... Because Candace references Phineas and Ferb having done a whole summer's worth of naughty things. So then, yeah, that would have to be after the summer where they've... Although, although... Yeah. I'm pretty sure... Does... Okay. Does the show, like, explicitly state that this is the first summer where they've done big ideas, as Phineas calls them? Um, I'm not sure how explicitly, but I feel like it's at least been implied. Because I know that, like, when I was looking through stuff, I think Act Your Age, like, 
pretty explicitly states that they do this like either every summer after this summer or every summer starting at some point um okay i'm honestly not sure like i know Accurage does depict a younger isabella and phineas um in addition the episode shows phineas has been on the series present will be engaging in big ideas every summer um, according to this episode, Isabella has come over every day for 11 summers. One of the montages during what might have been suggests that the summer the rest of the show takes place in is sometime in the early middle of that. I need to, like, remember more about Christmas Vacation, but I feel like they totally couldn't have done it, you know? So what's, like, so I guess, I mean, yeah, there's, like, evidence that could suggest that it's two summers. Is there anything that, like, besides if they've, like, if the creators have, like, word of God said it was one summer, is there anything else to, like, well, suggest it was just one summer? They have said it was just one summer, but besides that, like, Milo Murphy's Law, which is stated to take place immediately following um, the end of Phineas and Ferb, references the roller coaster as happen- happening on the first day of that summer. Okay. So, but uh, Milo Murphy's Law also um, takes place explicitly in the year 2016, which means all of Phineas and Ferb takes place explicitly in the year 2016. So it took place eight years in the future? Phineas and Ferb ended in 2015. So it took place (laughs) only in the future? Yes, it took place a year after it ended. (laughs) Like like the first X-Men movie, the little, like, subtitle in the not-too-distant future. <laughs> in the near future. <laughs> in the not-too-distant future, Phineas and Ferb do shenanigans. So, but, like, okay. So then I guess, like, to continue sort of debating it, um, is there anything that explicitly makes the roller coaster the first episode besides airing order? Um, it is always mentioned as the first day of that summer. Okay, yes. Um, but is it, like, basically, is there enough episodes that, like, could not possibly be before it? I... In a summer prior. There are no episodes that could take place before Roller Coaster. I mean... I guess there are a lot that don't reference it explicitly, but it doesn't make sense otherwise. Is the roller coaster confirmed to be their first, like, big idea project? You see, I feel like they could have done stuff beforehand, but I also think they haven't. You think roller coaster was, like, the first of the big ideas? Yeah. Um. I'm like actually. Actually, wait, no. Roller coaster can't be the first episode. Now that I think about it. Why not? Well, I mean, it's the first episode, but it can't be the first big idea. Because in roller coaster, there's reference to a time when they trained monkeys to juggle bicycles. Okay, so there were big ideas prior. So is it possible that Roller Coaster actually takes place in, like, 
the middle of the series and like the vast majority of it well not like the middle but like like the like the like it like maybe like a fourth of the way into the series and like the vast majority takes place that summer but like some episodes spill over into a previous summer and like that's how both Halloweens happen and that's how the Christmas can exist where there was like big ideas but also I feel like the number of episodes that um could theoretically take place before roller coaster is extremely small really because Finney's and Turb is a show that constantly references itself and if you reference a past episode it has to happen after that one and there are certain things like that roller coaster has to predate like them being friends with Buford and Belgique Okay, so maybe so is does it have to take place in one summer then? I think it still does. But that doesn't even make sense. It doesn't. We've broken the lore. We we broke Phineas and Ferb, and it's it's broken because of the timeline. Phineas and Ferb's always been broken because of the timeline. Yeah, because no, because there's no way. Because I'm trying to, I was thinking, well, what if, okay, what if it's the Halloween before the season and the Halloween after the summer? But, like, if the movie confirmed ends the series, well, not the movie, or whatever, whatever caps the series off. I don't know, because I didn't watch that far. Last Day of Summer, the episode titled Last Day of Summer. Sure. So if that one, like, ends it, and then, like, that's for sure the end, and there's no way there could be a Halloween episode after that. Well, then there could be a Halloween episode after it. So this whole thing could theoretically be solved except for the huge number of episodes that kind of there are two halloween episodes though one before one after okay and you're saying christmas is before i guess because it can't go after no because uh the sleigh was in across the second dimension although does doofenshmirtz do anything evil in the Halloween up in the second one no then in the first one he turns himself into a cow because he hates grass um well because I mean in the second one he's just he inherited a castle from his aunt and he's looking for the lost treasure inside of it he didn't do anything evil okay because I mean you said Milo's Murphy's Law has to take place directly after and he mm-hmm. gets redeemed or whatever yeah so he can't really do any evil scheme that takes place after the main run of the series. Mm-mm. So I guess uh, I don't know. Is he treated as evil in those Halloween episodes? I think in the Werecow one, kinda. Nothing makes sense if it's two summers, but nothing makes sense if it's one summer. Yeah, I just don't think this show works timeline-wise. The show does not operate on a realistic timeline in any sense of the word. It's weird because they kind of set themselves up for failure by giving it a very definitive timeline in the very yeah. theme song of the show that plays before every single episode. <laughs> but They're only expecting to get two seasons out of it. They didn't know what they were getting into. Well, lore broken. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for joining us. We broke the lore. It's over. It's the, the first episode we've ever done it for, and um, that was as far as we were planning to go, so... See ya. No more episodes. It's over. <laughs> no, we're, we're still going. Um, uh, do you have anything else prepared? Well, I mean, we talked about the theme song. Yeah? So, 
sort of segueing into that. I remember I asked you this once. I guess this is less breaking the lore, more fun lore, but we just broke a bunch of lore, so it's fine. Of the theme song, how much of it did they actually do in the show? Okay, so they built a rocket. Uh-huh. They fought a mummy. Uh-huh. They climbed well, that's up a the strong... Eiffel Tower. What? Fought a mummy is a bit of a stretch. If I remember correctly, it was just like... Wasn't it was it Candace, Candace? Toilet paper. Yeah, it was just toilet but paper Candace, and they ran away from her. They met a mummy, or who they thought was a mummy. And Phineas and Ferb never learned that it wasn't a real mummy. Okay. So they would consider it as as done. Um, they climbed up the Eiffel Tower. Um, discovered a few things that don't exist. Like that pair of pants. Like what? Like that singing pair of pants. Singing pair of pants? Oh, no, no, it was like an old-timey bathing suit, wasn't it? Klimpaloo in the magical old-timey bathing suit that lives in the Himalayas? Yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah, they discovered a few things, like Klimpaloon, um, the Lake Nose Monster. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, Zink. They, they, they even, like, agreed to, like, never reveal to anybody that he exists. So, like, they discovered something, but he doesn't exist. Zink. Um, what? Zink. Zink. That's what the Lake Nose Monster liked. Yeah, zinc. Um, they gave a monkey a shower. They surfed tidal waves, created nanobots. They located Frankenstein's brain. Did they? Um, yes. It was actually, um, they didn't do an episode about it, but it was like a joke in one episode. It was the same as episode they found a dodo bird in. They say, uh, check it out, a dodo bird. What's next on the list, Ferb? And Ferb says it's Frankenstein's brain. And Buford was like, yeah, I have it. <laughs> a bit of a cop-out, Dan and Swampy, but it's, it's fine. <laughs> they painted a continent, or they at did. least a whole desert. Oh, yeah, I remember that. They painted the desert. They, they've driven their sister suitably insane. That's true. Um, they crossed the tundra and built a roller coaster. The one thing they did... Okay, they did. There are a few things they didn't do in the extended edition. They didn't ski. They did not ski down a mountain of beans. Yeah. Um. They didn't really devise a system for remembering everything either. They devised the aglet remembering system. They made people know what an aglet was, but nobody remembered it. Well, because of wasn't that the like forget anator ray episode? Yeah. 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 That's not their fault. I know. Um. They also didn't, it wasn't a system for remembering everything. It was just, hey, this is what an aglet is. Well, because they had like a shoelace tied around their finger. So that's kind of a system. They synchronized submarines. Um, they raced chariots. Okay, taming tiger sharks. Like they did a, They did the aquarium episode, but I don't recall any tiger sharks specifically in that Yeah, aquarium. I don't remember that either. They constructed a portal to Mars, built a time machine, or at least fixed one up. They never stretched a rubber tree. I don't remember any rubber. And they've wailed away on quite a few guitars. Mm. They did most of it. And they did everything in the main theme song. They just didn't uh, do a few things in the extended edition. Isn't building a robot dog in the theme song too? It's not a lyric, but uh, there's a uh, picture of it in the theme song. And they did do that. I remember seeing that in they one did, of the episodes. They did, yeah. It wasn't, like, the main thing they did in the episode. But I remember they were, like, working on it. And then, like, the plot happened and they had to, like, do a different big idea. No, yeah, that wasn't like the main plot of the episode, but it was what they were doing. Yeah. Um, Speaking of the big ideas and big ideas and getting busted, 
um, according to the Phineas and Ferb wiki, they've been busted five times on screen, but only one of them no, actually. Okay, one of them, only one of them actually counted, but they've theoretically been busted five times. Yeah, I guess you could say that. Um, the first we've s- you were gonna say we've seen them get busted, but they didn't really get busted. I I mean I guess like the first time was Candace's dream, so I'm not gonna count that one. Actually, that was Perry's dream. Candace's dream in Perry's dream. Perry had a dream about Candace having a dream. This show did some interesting things sometimes. <laughs> oh, right. There was like the like time travel one where like Candace busted them for the roller coaster, but she went back and fixed the timeline because it caused all mm-hmm. sorts of issues. So like yeah. that technically didn't happen, but like kind of happened. Um, well, yeah, because Quantum Boogaloo, hold on, the... They referenced the roller coaster as the first big idea in that episode. The very first big idea? Yeah. That's why she goes back to the roller coaster, because it was the first time. Oh, okay. One summer. One summer doesn't make sense, though. Two summers doesn't make sense either. No timeline for this show makes sense, unless they had an extended summer. (laughs) An extended summer that contains two Halloweens? Very extended. <laughs> Something happened to the Danville Central School District. Quarantine. I was about to say it was during the COVID-19 summer, but like, they did a lot of things that weren't really social distancing, so... Oh no, they had a lot of people over all the time. They it's not a party, party, it's an intimate get-together. <laughs> they built a pioneer village, but the accelerator moved time backwards, so that technically got mm-hmm. undone too. Mm-hmm. Um, the mom figures out about it in one of the episodes, but there's a forget about it in Ader, so she loses it <laughs> then too. The only time it actually happens is not actually them being busted for a big idea. I guess um they like leave towels on the floor or something and their mom sees it and she's like, you're busted for making a mess in my house. <laughs> I've never seen this episode, but... I clicked on it to like try to figure out what it is, and I guess it's mm-hmm. a Norman girl robot romance episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, so <laughs> why is Doofenshmirtz wearing a deer costume and strapped to the hood of a car? He's going stag. It looks like some kind of weird furry bondage, but like that's fine. Yeah. But yeah, um, so Doofenshmirtz has Norm, so Doofenshmirtz's greatest rival, Aloys Everhart, Elizabeth Otto, Wolfgang, Hypatia, Gunter, Galen, Gary Cooper, Von Rodenstein, built, um, his own robot, Chloe, who's like a, a, a lady robot, and Norm and her have a date. Weird. Yeah. Why is Perry wearing a balloon Perry outfit. It's a disguise. It's not a very good one. <laughs> Nobody's gonna think he's a real secret agent platypus when he's dressed like a fake secret agent platypus. This episode looks ridiculous. A lot of season four was extremely ridiculous. Oh, this was a season four episode. Arguably, Perry doesn't contribute to the main plot. He does not interact <laughs> with Phineas, Ferb, or Doofenshmirtz. He is not seen at all after Monogram and Carl find him in person. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
Perry, you just got called filler in this episode by the mm. Phineas and Ferb wiki. You just roast him, why don't you? One thing that I think was interesting that um, I remember being pointed out years ago by somebody. I don't remember who, but um, Norm, like, aged backwards at the start of the series. He did? In his first appearance, he was um, just like a robot that spouted generic like adult man phrases and then in his next appearance he acted like a rebellious teenager and then in his next appearance he acted like a child y- yeah yeah was this on purpose i don't know <laughs> where did he like settle out i don't even remember he settled out on like childish right or like some kind of mix yeah he's like doofenshmirtz's son I feel um, like he settled down on like he's like an adult, but he's like really dumb. Yeah, because like in this episode, Love at First Bite, he's kind of like, oh, first crush level, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so he kind of starts to age again after he reaches like child level. The robot has a crush on the girl robot. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens. <laughs> that's really weird. I don't really have much to add to that. I just think it's really strange. Yeah, season four did a lot of weird stuff. Like, there was an episode where Stacy found out that Perry was a secret agent. She did? Yeah. What happened? Um, so Perry Doofenshmirtz's fight takes itself into Stacy's house, and she's like, what the fuck is going on? Wow, they and let Stacy uh, say fuck? Season four was <laughs> wild. And then um, she realizes that Perry the platypus is a secret agent, but they both agree to keep it a secret so that Perry doesn't have to go away forever and gets to stay with his family who he loves. That's that's pretty cool of her. Yeah. Good for Stacy. They never do anything with that plot line again. I mean, yeah, I'd imagine they don't because I've never <laughs> even heard of that plot line, but... <laughs> they actually, they reference it one more time. Um, when Stacy talks to Monogram, but that's it. <laughs> the musical clip tested countdown hosted by Kelly Osborne. That was fucking weird. The what? They made a second clip tested countdown, but this time it was hosted by Kelly Osborne. That's a really weird choice. Yeah. Is she also? It was. Huh? Is she big with the the Phineas and Ferb? 2000, late 2000s kids? Mm, no. Um. Also, like, because she was, like, portrayed in live action, and then Doofenshmirtz and Monogram were portrayed in animation, but what's the weirdest part is they look like they were animated in Flash instead of like they normally are. Yeah. And it's a really weird episode, and the jokes do not land. And it feels like it was kind of rushed and forced. Mm. It's, it's it's not good. It's not even fun to watch, honestly. That sounds... Yeah, that sounds like a mess. It is a mess. This is just like another weird like little inconsistency. It's not even like a huge one. Uh-huh. It's more like a nitpicky type one. But mm-hmm. like I was looking through things and I was looking at Drew Silstein because I was trying to understand why it even <laughs> exists in a mostly realistic world. Um... Well, I mean, granted, a lot of the things that they do aren't realistic. And there are aliens on Mars and things. But 
I don't know. I guess the fact that there are so many like real countries that it seems like the Earth has all of its countries except for this one um, made me want to look into it more. And I guess like Ferb says it's Eastern European, but it also borders the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> so like somehow it's in that like Russian Germanic area, but also bordering like Spain, Portugal, France. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which like doesn't even put it in the right area for the like knockoff Bavaria that it's supposed to be. <laughs> like you can't really border the Atlantic Ocean and be part of like that Bavarian Germanic area. Yeah, no, you kind of can't. So I don't really know what was happening I there. I don't either. I don't either. Also, this entire country is just like a really like it has like a weird knockoff Chucky. E. Ch the entire country of Drusselstein, because the country's so, like, long but thin, it's entirely run by this long shaft that runs across the entire country and is operated on two ends by uh, goats walking in circles. And that controls basically all of the machinery in the entire country. So that's the other thing. Why is this, like, a, like, medieval country, too? Like, if this country, if this country is in the Atlantic... It borders, like, Spain, or Portugal, or, like, the UK, maybe France. Um, <laughs> I'm not looking at a map, so if I'm getting any of this wrong, just know that I'm really dumb and I don't know shit about geography. No, you're, you're, you're right. That, that's but, that's the Western Europe. Like, if it borders those countries, like, <laughs> there's just this random, like, Dark Ages Germanic <laughs> country. But it's still a monarchy. Like, like I'm pretty sure it's a functional monarchy, isn't it? The princess that looks like Candace, she's in charge, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, there's this functional monarchy that doesn't seem to really have electricity or anything in the modern um, world. Yeah. And uh, since you mentioned Princess Balagoon, um, that reminded me that like. Basically, all of the main characters have Drusselstinian ancestry. Yeah? So, um, there was the, the Frankenstein episode, the one that you remembered very well. Yeah. All of those characters are explicitly the ancestors of their modern equivalents. Wait. I thought that was, like, a story. And they were, like, imagining... It was a story, but, like, no, but, like, it... it they are the ancestor. Like it's a, it's explicitly stated in the text that Fergor is Ferb's ancestor, and all of the rest of them are also the ancestors. So, so wait, that's Phineas, Ferb, Candace, Isabella, and Jeremy, all have Drusselstinian ancestry. So wait, that story actually happened? I thought it was just like a yes. scary story, and they were like imagining themselves in it. Then why were uh, Ferb's grandpa and Doofenshmirtz telling the same story at the same time? Have you ever heard of Carl happen. Jung's Collective Unconscious? <laughs> That's right. I'm a psych major. It's not getting me any jobs, but it got me that joke. Yeah, like, they're all, like... Which also means Princess Balagoon and Candace and Phineas are probably actually distantly related. I mean, now that you point out that that's an actual story, that makes sense. Also, I was looking at, like, more Drusselstein stuff. 
correct me if I'm wrong. So, like, they keep Nessie made up. Mm-hmm. All the fantastical creatures they, like, find and stuff, they aren't, like, just, like, commonplace. They, like, have mm-hmm. to hunt them down and, like, they're not known to the public. Yeah. So, like, more about, like, Drusselstein just not... Just being a really weird thing in the setting. The Guzim. This, like, big cube monster that, like, doesn't have any real equivalent in our world and doesn't exist is just, like, a known creature in that country that very much exists and, like... It's just Drusselstinian wildlife for you. This big hairy cube. It's Drusselstinian wildlife. I mean, I like him. He's cute. I kind of wish they made a plushie (laughs) of him, but, like... Oh, me too. I don't... I just... Drusselstein is really weird in the setting, is what I'm trying to, like, get at. Like, I don't really... Oh, it sure is. I don't get how this, like, medieval European, no technological advancements with, like, fantastical creatures country exists. Uh, Okay, hold on. Don't say that there's no technological advancements because they have a DMV. Why do they have a DMV? Because people need to drive cars. They have to do it safely. I refuse to believe that Jerusalem has any gas stations. <laughs> they have a whole song about their DMV and their driving test. But I refuse to believe they have gas stations. Also, for that matter, there's uh, one episode that takes place primarily in Jerusalem that features some cutting political commentary. Um, the shaft that I mentioned earlier... Um, the goats stop walking in circles, and there's this big argument about whether the goats should walk to the right or to the left. Yeah? Yeah! <laughs> Sounds very tactfully handled and subtle. Some real nuance to that one. They've got their own, like, Krampus a little to the left. Ah, Drakinderlumper? Yeah. Um, Drakinderlumper is, uh... Well, Doofenshmirtz sees him as a child-stealing monster, but Roger views him as more of a Santa Claus figure. So he's like Santa and Krampus at the same time. Yes, but what matters is he they were both told separate stories by their mother because Doofenshmirtz's mom hates him but loves his brother. Doofenshmirtz's mom is awful. <laughs> Doofenshmirtz's parents are terrible. They really are. They made him be a long gnome. They forced him to wear dresses. They (laughs) abandoned him and let him be raised by ocelots. Again, that's like another thing. Like, there doesn't seem to be like a strong legal code even in Drusselstein. Like... And also, they have ocelots. Which are a South American species. I don't like Drusselstein. For that matter, the fact that Doofenshmirtz was raised by ocelots means he is legally considered an ocelot. Is that how the law works? Yes, he is legally considered. In the eyes of of the law, he is considered an ocelot, which is why he is able to be an Alka agent. He becomes an Alka agent? Twice. Yeah. There's an episode called Agent Doof where he becomes an Alka agent and he gets fired because of some HR violations. And then at the 
end of the series, after the series, there was a special um, backdoor pilot titled The Alka Files, where Doofenshmirtz becomes an Alka agent and teams up with a team of rookies. Y- yeah? Yeah. That's that's really weird that he's legally legally an ocelot. Yeah. Like, well, you don't think that's how the law works? I, I don't think so, you don't no. Think, you don't think feral children are legally considered the species they were raised by? No, I don't. I don't think that's how oh. feral children work at all. Oh. I'm not sure that's even close to how feral children work. But this is a world where many animals are completely sapient. I mean, that's something else that, like, needs to be discussed. Okay, like, first of all, the Alka agents, which you could call outliers, which is a f- it's which is fair. Like, yeah, they're kind of outliers. And that's why they can be disguised as mindless domestic pets. But you also have to consider Doofenshmirtz's ex-girlfriend left him for a whale. Yeah, she sure did. We kind of ignore that fact, but that really was something that actually happened. And that's just that's just normal in this world. Like, Perry and Doofenshmirtz and then the, the girl and the whale. Um, and like, I mean, even in this world, like, it's not really weird to be, like, in a relationship with an inanimate object. Like, there are three different characters in Milo Murphy's Law with, like, like that. There are three separate characters in Milo Murphy's Law who are in relationships with inanimate objects? Mrs. Murawski, the, the Milo Murphy's teacher, uh, fucks her desk. She fucks her fucking desk? Mm-hmm. At the school? Oh, not in front of the students. I, that's not the point. <laughs> um, there's a character named Bradley who falls in love with an ice cream ma- a machine named Carla. An ice cream machine? And Scott the Undergrounder who lives in the sewers is married to a milk carton named Mildred. Yeah? They have children together. No, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> who are their children? smaller milk curtains. I don't like this. Well, you kind of have to accept it. Like, it's not weird in this world for, like, interspecies relationships or even relationships with inanimate objects. That's just an accepted fact. So then why do people keep owning animals as pets? Like, why do the Alka agents have to pretend to be domestic pets if it's a commonly accepted fact that animals are sapient enough to get in relationships with. Like, we're entering an uncomfortable boss baby-like territory here. We sure are. Except this time it's pet play. Yeah. Maybe it's like not all individuals are sapient. Well, I mean, yeah, because like some of them don't seem sapient, like the Guzum doesn't seem sapient. It's just a strange square monster. And like, I don't know, I don't remember the like whale in the aquarium episode seeming particularly sapient. No. I mean, yeah, so... No. So why are some animals just like ridiculously sapient? 
Okay, there's also the episode where Phineas and Ferd build an animal translator, and, like, all the animals get mad at Candace for making fun of animals. So does that mean that they are all sapient? They just can't all communicate? Yeah, no, animals can't talk. That'd be ridiculous. They can hold they can hold jobs and be secret agents, but and they can have a relationship with humans, but they can't talk. Now that'd be ridiculous. So but that does imply that all the animals in this are sapient. So again Yeah. I don't think I it's mean, common knowledge. It has to be common enough knowledge that this woman can just like fuck a whale and it's fine. I don't feel like most people are aware that she's fucking the whale. I mean, she lives inside of the whale, so I don't think she has really any regular contact with other humans. And outside of Perry and Duvenschmertz being married, I can't think of any other instances of interspecies relationships. So maybe it isn't common knowledge. Maybe they keep this fact hidden for the most part, so they are able to work as secret agents. But like... Perry doesn't hide as a domestic pet because nobody can know that there's a secret agent platypus. Like, he will go and buy things from people. Like, he doesn't care that people know he's sapient. People just care if they know that he's Perry the platypus. Yeah, it's more of a secret identity than a, like, people can't know the truth of sapient animals. Does anyone ever act, like, super weirdly to Perry, like, going around doing stuff? No. People just treat it like it's kind of normal. I mean, that could imply that it's common knowledge. But, like... Well, because also there's that whole Dr. Phil show. Yeah. Dr. Feelgood or whatever. Where they have the sapient animals on there. It's treated as a sort of even, like, relationship type show. Yeah. And, like, the whole, like, Perry... And Panda and Two French Mars thing is cheated as a, is cheated mm-hmm. is treated as a like romantic relationship cheating type. It is one hundred percent a love triangle. Yeah, it's treated as him having an affair. Late, like later, actually, in season four, Duvenschmertz gives relationship advice to Peter the Panda's real nemesis. I think it has to be that everyone knows this, but then that still like leaves the question: Why are they pets? I think we have to go back to not all individuals are sapient, which would explain why they can be pets and that nobody expects their pets to be sapient. But that contradicts the animal translator episode, unless only sapient ones came to the animal translating service. Yeah, because the, the, only the sapient ones came so that they could have their voices heard. I think you're on like a, a thin string, but I'm willing to buy it. Okay, because like, there's a bird that shows up just because it's a bird flying around and the bird's chirps are just translated as I sure love worms like that's not doesn't have like that's just what a bird would be thinking okay I want to eat some worms right now like okay but then like some of the other animals are like talking like people but not all of them the squirrel seems to be sapient because he's like Hey, you got any nuts? And it's like, yeah, I'm cute. Give me nuts. Okay, yeah, no, that would be sapient. This cat complains about not getting enough food. Dog complains about vacuum. Pinky doesn't understand TV, but we know Pinky is sapient. 
some of them seem to be sapient and others are just saying what animals would normally be thinking. I mean, I think the, like, the main takeaway of this and of the timeline conversation and of some of the Druselstein conversation, <laughs> Phineas and Ferb is pretty breakable. <laughs> Phineas and Ferb does what it wants with no regard to making sense at all. Phineas and Ferb was not made for a show like this. Listen, there's a quote from Milo Murphy's Law that sums this up, and it's, We do what we want with no regard to plot, character, or making sense to the people watching. That's fair. I think <laughs> that is how this show works. B- babe? Yeah? So I was looking at Meep's page. Yeah? Meep's thing is a hat! Yeah? You didn't know that? No, like, no, like his his pink... His, like, pink, his pink like, thing. little bear ears on his head. He takes it off and puts it on in, like, the two episodes he's in. Both of them. He's just a little bald white creature? Yeah. Yeah. That's a... Yeah. Babe, I was absolutely certain that it was, like, part of his head. I thought he was a cute little bear creature. It's his... This is worse than the Toads from Mario. <laughs> <laughs> He looks like a Binding of Isaac character. <laughs> what? It's a hat. Yeah, it's a hat. He looks horrible. I want to go back to a time where I hadn't seen that. And where it was just Meep's head. Also, this Meep plushie is really cute and I really, really want it. So, someone buy it for me, please. Honestly. Me too. I... I really want the meat plush. <laughs> <sighs> the meat plush is so cute. Baloney dies in Meatless in Seattle? Yeah. But Perry fixes him. Oh, that's nice of Perry. Um, however, Baloney pops again three weeks before the events of This Is Your Backstory. Oh no! Baloney's canonically deceased. No! Yeah. That's really depressing. Baloney. He was too young. That's so sad. I didn't know he was canonically dead. Yeah. Is that the only major character death in Phineas and Ferb? Um, well, I'll go to the deceased characters page. Yeah, do that. Let's let's find out if there's any Most other characters. Most of them are character characters deaths. that like were from episodes that took place in the past. Um, but Agent T, the turkey, who died last November. <laughs> um, Darth Vader. Well, okay, we don't need to necessarily count the Star Wars ones. <laughs> Uh, the gelatin monster is considered deceased. No, bring him back. <laughs> the guy from the Hardy Hard Toy Company who gets dropped through a trapdoor is considered deceased. He had non-screen death. Kindly old man Simmons. Oh yeah, his skeleton was in the museum. That's kind of fucked up too. We're not gonna like go into it, I don't think. But like, there's just an old man's skeleton on display not even like implied to be like an old man from like the far past like some kind of like neolithic paleolithic skull like Phineas and Ferb reference a time when he was alive so he's a recently deceased man 
Yeah. So kind of the old man Simmons, Balloony, that guy from the Hardy Yard Toy Company, and Jerry the Platypus are the only characters considered to be deceased. So we promised earlier, so I want to talk about um, my least favorite episode of the series, Act Your Age. Yes, Act Your Age. You have talked to me about it many times. I've seen screenshots, but I've never seen it. Consider yourself lucky, and also I'm going to make you watch it. Please don't make me watch it. Okay, so Act Your Age, if you've never seen it, is an episode that takes place ten years in the future. Phineas and Ferb are all grown up, and they're going to college, but Phineas can't decide which college to go to. And it's at this time that he finds out that Isabella liked him the whole time? What? Yeah, so wacky hijinks ensue, and they get together in the end. It's they bad. Do. Also, why is... Like, is Phineas really that stupid? No. He sh- and also, like, I... I have to ask, like... Isabella... Even in the season that we see her in... She isn't what I'd call subtle. No. So, like, I really feel like the desperation of, like, going ten more years with nothing like i feel like by year five she would have like just become so blatant that you literally could not ignore it. there are several episodes especially later on in the series where isabella is clearly like trying to talk about it and i just do not believe she would wait 10 years it just it's not in her character to like just give up like that and just hope that phineas realizes it eventually I mean, yeah, she's got some kind of patience to, like... Like, I can believe Phineas is that stupid and oblivious, honestly, but, like, I just don't believe that Isabella would wait that long. I will say one thing. The, um, most redeeming thing of Act Your Age is that it opens up with this, um, like, live-action segment of Dan and Swampy answering fan mail, and they open one, and the letter reads, Will Perry the Platypus ever get a girlfriend? They look at each other and immediately say no, and grab the next letter. (laughs) (laughs) It's because he's already got his boyfriend. Yeah, he's married. (laughs) Accurage has a few good ideas that it wastes. Irving becomes an Alka uh, intern. Oh, that's cool. And Candace becomes a lawyer. She does? Oh, well, she's trying to bust people. Yeah. I assume she becomes like a prosecutor. She's only in one scene of the episode. Why is she only in one scene of the episode? Because it focuses on Phineas and Isabella's relationship. That seems like such a waste of a future episode. I, it, it, it is. And also, like, like, let's be real here. Candace was always the real main character. I mean, yeah, Candace was definitely... I mean, she was a major character. When you get down into it, the show's always really been about her. I guess she does have more of a, like... Like, Phineas and Ferb are very passive protagonists, and she's a very active protagonist. Yeah, I'd agree with that, because, I mean, she's the one that always has, like, a strong conflict in each episode. Yeah. And she's the one... Phineas and Ferb, they have no conflict. They just do what they want. And she arguably has more story progression with, like, everything with Jeremy... And yeah. all of that. 
Whereas Phineas and Ferb kind of stay in the like episode of the week, mm-hmm. making their fun thing and then moving on. Yeah, the the two main characters of the show are Candace and Doofenshmirtz. They are the real protagonists of this series because they have the only real growth. Yeah, no, I agree with that. So, um, like, to just ignore Candace in this whole episode is like oh, an insult. But also, like, it's just it's a really stupid plot. I don't like character designs at all I was gonna say like the one thing that like really works me up whenever I see like images of this episode they're also lanky like it looks like all of their bodies got stretched and yeah like, no that's what they did they uh went into MS paint they selected the body and they stretched it out like all of them have like like, I'm looking at this one screenshot. If people want to see it, it's the page image for Act Your Age on the Phineas and Ferb wiki. Um, and, like, they just look so long. Like, I don't think, like, their legs yeah. are really long. Their torsos still seem kind of small. And, like, like, I think, I don't know. Like, how much do heads really grow when you grow up? I, I don't know. I'm not a Not really much scientist. at all. But, like, their heads just seem weirdly like out of proportion with their super lanky bodies they are maybe like i guess their heads were always like kind of chibi-ish and out of proportion but like when their bodies were small it kind of completed the chibi style and like made sense and now it just like mm-hmm. makes them look like weird scarecrows exactly and like phineas says that Isabella friendzoned him. That doesn't make sense. It doesn't. And also, he literally uses the word friendzone. That's... That's straight out of whatever year this... No, actually, 2015 was even a little late to be using that. (laughs) (laughs) I also think most of these redesigns are unimaginative. Like, that's literally just Phineas's head stuck on a body with slightly different clothes. I think Buford's the only one with, like, a design that I'm like, this truly looks like they changed the character and, like, wanted to show growth. Yeah, Buford... Buford looks fine. Um... Like, I think his redesign comes out of nowhere, but I like it. Yeah. You know what else I don't like about this episode? (laughs) That I've never seen. Um... (laughs) I don't like that Vanessa and Ferbs end up together. It's gross it's really creepy 10 years later she's 26 he's like 18 to 20 like that's a minimum a six-year age difference and just he's just going to college and she would have already been out of it for like a while yeah like she's yeah like if it's been 10 years she's been out of college for like a while yeah like i don't know yeah no yeah also like they met when she was 16 and he was like less than 15 okay here's the thing about that yeah less than 15 Uh uh-huh so this is 10 years in the future right Uh uh-huh they're 18 right Mm mm-hmm roughly i mean the wiki says they're 18 in this episode yeah does that mean that they're eight in the main series? No, they're less than 15. But if there's a 10-year gap, 
I don't know if it's explicitly ten years. Let's check. Um, okay, it says ten years in the on the page. Um Okay, yeah, no, Dan explicitly states that it's ten years in the future. So it's ten years. They're eighteen I guess they're eight? They gotta be. So that means that the entire series, all the characters are eight, except for Candace, Vanessa, Jeremy. All the kids are eight. But yeah. like they're they're less than fifteen though. They're eight years old. <laughs> yeah, they're less than fifteen. I mean, yes, that is less than 15, but that's markedly less than eight, 15 than, like, 13 or 12. Yeah. I mean, really... That's another reason this episode is bad, because, I don't know, eight feels too young. Eight feels way too young. They're like, I was just to about 11. to say, they don't even feel eight. Like They're nine to 11. Like... No, yeah, I'd say they were, like, I'd say 12 is where I'd probably put them. Like, 11, 12. Just based on, like, what they know and, like, what they're able to, like, research and accomplish and how they, like, interact with people. Like, it seems like the upper limit of the kids that I would work with. Another complaint I have is that if it's 10 years in the future, why do none of the adults look any different? It's the old Fire Emblem Three Houses. <laughs> well, Doofenshmirtz has gray hair, but he is, the rest of his body is physically identical to how he appeared. Why does he have random gray hair? At the age of 47. So he is 57 in this episode. And like, we see him 10 years after and he is a decrepit old man. <laughs> so I don't know what's supposed to happen in these next 10 years, but like, the same thing happens to Linda. Like, she gets old as balls, even though she looks identical to the way she did 10 years earlier here. I think they just like, go isolate on Tatooine for 10 years. And like, the old Obi-Wan, Owen, and Beru thing hits them. Like, like, okay, but like, we saw them living on Tatooine and they looked like they were doing pretty good for themselves. Listen, all I'm saying is Obi-Wan turned from sexy, sexy Ewan McGregor to Alec, messy wisps of gray hair Guinness <laughs> in less than 19 years. Tatooine can really do that to a person. So Doofenshmirtz mentions having friends in the song Midlife Crisis in this episode. But in the Phineas and Ferb, the movie Across the Second Dimension, he mentions having no friends. <laughs> the wiki goes on to note, he might have made some friends in the last ten years. <laughs> well, like I was just going to say, in order to rectify this grand um, plot hole that he went from having no friends to a decade later having some friends... Um, Guess he's got to have made friends in the last ten years. Thank you, wiki contributor. <laughs> and like, I mean, he does make friends within the next ten years because he appears heavily in the second season of Milo Murphy's Law. <laughs> Which is like, I'm not going to go and do a whole thing about here. I just want to, because I, I did a whole video on why I hated it, but like he was kind of thrust into Milo Murphy's Law and biggest thing is it totally ruined his character arc like they tried to give him a redemption arc which he didn't need because the entire run of Phineas and Ferb was a redemption arc for him in a way like it was about him like coming together with his family of Perry, Norm, and Vanessa and like realizing that he was never really evil at all but they try to make him do good. It's 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 bad on Demo. I hate it. <laughs> Sorry. For what? Just don't don't 
Just if you're gonna watch Milo Murphy's Law, stop it after season one. Everything else is bad. <laughs> I know it's gonna end on a cliffhanger, but it's not worth it. <laughs> you know, we we could do a Milo Murphy's Law episode if you don't want to like. Don't want to do a whole Milo Murphy's Law episode because I did a whole Milo Murphy's Law podcast before I started this one. And now you're derailing this one. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm not gonna derail this one anymore. But if you want care about my feelings on Milo Murphy's Law, you can go listen to The Show Must Go Wrong, my previous <laughs> podcast. <laughs> on that note, I think we on should that note, we yeah. should get to your one more thing. So Yeah. So uh, my one more thing. Actually, I forgot I have one more thing. Go for it. It's a really small thing. It's actually more of a thing about the wiki than about um, the show. So it's not as good as your one more thing, but it it's something. Um, on the page for Roller Coaster, so all the episodes, they have illusions. And some of them feel like a bit of a stretch. One of the illusions for Roller Coaster is the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Um, and the alleged illusion is Candace tells her brothers, you're going down, down, down. Right. And they're saying that the illusion is in the song Touch a Touch a Touch Me, where Janet and Rocky have sex. Um, one of the lyrics is, I'll oil you up and rub you down, 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 down. And they're... They're saying that it's a um, allusion in the very first episode of children's TV series Phineas and Ferb to the sex song in Rocky Horror. I don't think that was intentional. You know, I think that people sometimes just repeat themselves for emphasis, and sometimes that word happens to be down. <laughs> we could literally do a whole episode just looking at the allusions and calling out ones that are not actually illusions, honestly. Maybe we'll do it as a mini-sode for patrons. We should, we should. Are you familiar with um, real-world actor Ray Liotta? Yes, actually. Not, like, super familiar, but, like, I was expecting you to say someone I'd never heard of, so I'm pleasantly surprised that I have actually heard of Ray Liotta. Real-life actor Ray Liotta went to the Academy with Monogram, and works for the OWCA. Yeah? Yeah. R Ray Liotta just, like, as a person? Yeah. Real-life actor Ray Liotta went to the Academy, works for the OWCA, and filled in for Monogram in one episode. Okay, but Ray Liotta was in a movie with Zac Efron. <laughs> and yeah. Zac Efron was in High School Musical with Ashley Tisdale. Uh-huh. Yes. And Ashley Tisdale, in the movie-making episode, is implied to be what Candace looks like without stylization. So how do you... How do you riddle that one out? Um, I think... Okay, I don't think that that was, like, Candace without stylization. That was Candace with heavy special effects applied probably to make her look like famous actress Ashley Tisdale. Yeah. Although wouldn't she have like she seemed, the way she like reacted to it, it seemed to like act like she thought it looked like her though. She was like you made me look so beautiful or something along those lines. Also before I move from this page I just want to say um, 
the Ray Liotta article is like half written in real world and half written in universe. Yeah? Like, Ray Liotta is an American actor best known for his role in Goodfellas. He once stood in for Major Monogram. That's so weird. And it has like his real life personal information. He's male, 63 years old, American, from Pacific Palisades, California, born December 18th, 1954. And his friends include Perry the Platypus and Major Monogram. <laughs> and he's voiced by himself. But it's a but this page picture is a real-life photograph of him. I mean, you could also, like, make something of the fact... This show... When did this show occur? 2016. Okay, the picture of, of his page image is from 2012. Yeah. He's looking quite old. He looks very young in his show appearance. (laughs) Like, looking at his birthday in his text box, this would be, like, maybe 70s, 80s at most, Ray Liotta. (laughs) So, (laughs) what's happening here? I don't know... In this alternate timeline where Druselstein exists, did Ray Liotta not get born until, like, the, like, 80s, 90s? It still has his birthday listed, though. (laughs) Which, I guess, to be fair, he doesn't mention on screen. Yeah, he doesn't doesn't technically mention it in canon. We're extrapolating from real-world details what Ray Liotta's in-universe birthday would be. He doesn't he doesn't come on screen and be like, Hey, my best friend Perry the Platypus, did you know I was born in nineteen fifty four? I mean imagine if he did though. I don't know about this whole Ray Liotta thing. I think that just po- causes more problems than it um is worth. It does. It really does. Just poking more holes in it. Yeah. I think I think that's going to do it for us. So, um, I think that's going to do it for us for real this time. I think it should. We're like at two hours. You guys yeah. usually sign up for like an hour's worth of content and we yeah. do more than that. This one was a lot of fun though. We kind of lost ourselves in the sauce. Yeah, no, I mean, well, Phineas and Ferb is really important to you. And I know a lot of our <laughs> listeners, it's probably pretty important to as well. So mm-hmm. it's, it's worth spending a full two hours on. Mm-hmm. So, um, thanks for listening. Yeah. Uh, a big thank you to the Dude Media Network for hosting us. Mm-hmm. Oh, and thank you. I forgot to mention this at our last episode, so I'll mention it now. Thank you to our very first patron, Excalibur Zero. Um, for those of us, like, I don't know, I've known you since middle school, and it's really, I was really happy when I saw that you joined us at the um, Grim Grinning Ghosts level. Um, normally that won't get you a verbal shout out, but I figured since you're our first patron, and also, since I've known you for, like, a decade, um, it, was, it was worth the shout-out. And I was really happy to see your support, and I'm glad you're liking our show. So thank you so much. Mm-hmm. I'm really glad we got a, a Patreon. A patron. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I don't know you very well, but thank you. <laughs> I mean, um, we can meet him at some point. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, so, yeah, if you liked this you can um subscribe to us on patreon you can like and uh, you can post about us you can retweet us um all of our social media information is going to be in the description here yeah Um, so 
make sure to share it if you like it because we're trying to build an audience so tell people um we got a comment. discord server um yeah join our discord server we're trying to get it trying to get it active again because mm -hmm. it kind of slowed down but join it it's a lot of fun if you become a patron you get a special role and get to join a secret channel the clown union the clown union <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, um, there's a lot of fun rewards for patrons, so mm -hmm. give it a look and consider subscribing if you like our content and want to financially support it. Yeah, and just general thank you for listening. Uh, spread the word. We love you. Um, <laughs> have a nice day. Yeah, thanks again for joining us. Um, see you next time. Goodbye. Bye.